Hello everyone and welcome to the Priceless Podcast. I'm the Priceless Podcast host, Michael Sechen. This podcast is made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian Groups. If you want to support this podcast, you can find the link in the podcast description. So let's go to our new guest today who comes from Portugal and I'm so happy that we finally have someone from Portugal because I don't know if you know but you are the first. His name is Ricardo Falcato. I didn't ask you how it's pronounced in Portuguese. It's Falcato. It's how you said it. Okay, okay, because it sounds very Italian to me, and I know Portuguese is a little bit softer than Italian, so... Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> or Italian. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to the Priceless Podcast, and thank you for being willing to share your story. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to me to can share my story and to get more people to, to know it, yes. Yes, definitely. Stories are the biggest inspiration for everyone, for people who are maybe still closeted or are going through something that we already went through. So I think that stories are just such a treasure. So thank you for sharing, for being willing to sharing your treasure. So let's start. Who is Ricardo? Who who are you? Okay, so... As Mihail said, I'm Ricardo. I'm from Portugal. I'm 43 years old, almost 44 next month. And I identify myself as a cisgender gay man. Thank you. So tell us a bit, a little bit about your faith background, because you also have, uh, you also come from a faith. I mean, you grew up within the church. So what is your background? Maybe I, I need to speak a little bit about my family. They are from the the south of Portugal, and um, in south people have a quite a complicated relation with church because because of our our history because they were poor and church was always on the side of the riches and we just have a democracy with fifty years so. I I was born in a Catholic uh, uh, family, but um, they don't go to church. I decided to go by myself when I was like 11 or 12 years old. So I'm baptized. I was raised as a Catholic. I went to Sunday school when I was already 11, 12 years old. I get all my sacraments. I went to to scouts. I teached in Sunday school for like 20 years. And I think I really had a, an interesting path during those first years, during my youth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So how was it for you to grow up and actually realize that come to realize that you are gay? Well, that's a tricky question. I think I always knew I was gay since I was a kid, like with three, four years old. I kind of felt attraction by men, not by women. But uh, I was born in uh, 79. 
uh, and being gay until 2000, it was really a, a huge taboo in society. We had uh, a revolution, as I stated before, to become a democracy in 74. So most of the men of my age suffered a little bit when realizing that they're, they're gay, when we realized that. Uh, and how was this difficult for me? Uh, it was expected from my from society, from my family to study, to get married, to have kids, and not to grow grow up and marry a man. So it was it was really not easy to accept myself um, being homosexual in Portugal for like. 20, 30 years ago, it was like a thing for prostitutes or drug addicts, not for a regular, normal person. And when did you manage to accept yourself? How old were you when you accepted yourself? I was almost uh, 30 years old when I came out to my family and friends. Yeah. Mm. And how was it you just mentioned when that you were about 30 when you came out to your family and friends? So how did your family react and also your friends to you being gay? Yes, it, it was a process, of course, but they accepted me as I am and I have no, no problems with my sexual orientation, neither with not with my family, neither with my friends. I am really well accepted as I am. So. Mm -hmm. And what about your faith? How, how was this process of reconciling your sexuality with, with your faith? Uh, it was not easy at all because I was taught in church that homosexuality was a sin. So what have I done? I, I followed the rules by the book. I went to church. I went to the, to, to the mass at Sundays. I dated a girl. I didn't accept myself. I wanted to be another person and that led me to to a path to some choices that I really regret, sorry, <laughs> like uh, having high consumption of alcohol and sometimes drugs because I didn't, didn't accept it myself and I didn't felt accepted by church and that was really important to me to be at the moment. Did the church, did you come out to anyone, like to a priest or anyone from the church? And what was their reaction? Uh, they actually discovered uh, I was seen by someone in my late 20s in a, in a gay club. And someone went and told to, to, my, to the priest of my parish. And I was confronted with that and 
I want I wanted to live my truth, but I was divided. I didn't knew with 25, 26 what was really my truth. How come this person saw you at the gay club? I mean, <laughs> that's that's an interesting question. Like, okay, yeah. what if, what were you doing at a gay club, and then you were saying, "Oh, he's gay. He's he was at the gay club." Uh, I I don't know. Uh, even today, I don't know who that who that person was. But the the priest at the time he told me, "You can be whoever you want to be, but be careful." Be careful because people talk and you can suffer from discrimination and bias. And... Mm. So the priest was actually quite accepting and affirming. Uh, yes. Mm. Okay. I mean, on one hand, you got outed by someone. How yes. was how was that for you that someone just told someone <laughs> that you are gay and outed you? without no, permission. I, yeah, I felt it really bad because for me it was a sin and the first thing I've done when my priest talked to me was to go to church and to confess my sins because I was feeling like really bad. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So in this whole process of self acceptance how do you see what what role did the church play in this in this process for you and your faith okay so as i told you in one hand there was religion on the other hand there was family society expect expecting something from me that me myself i considered as a sin so I can say that it was not religion, it was not uh, family, but I was my biggest enemy in all this process of self-acceptance. I, I don't know, I guess I didn't told you, but uh, I boycotted myself by dating a girl for seven years. We were about to get married. And I really, I desperately wanted to be a, f a father because I was convinced that being homosexual was a, a illness and I can get cured by marrying and by doing what my, what other people do, you see, what, what is called normal. Yeah. Mm. What helped you? I mean, you obviously, or as much as I know, you didn't get married to this no, woman. No, I don't. So I didn't. Yeah. Sorry. What 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 made you change your mind, or what helped you to change your mind and not to enter this marriage? Okay, I don't want to shame myself because I, I regret some decisions in the past, but. Um, at the fifth, sixth year of dating, uh, I was living a double life. Like at the weekends, we were young and we go out clubbing. And by midnight, 1 a.m., I was like, and I need to, to drive you home because I'm tired. I'm, I need to sleep. 
So I left her home and I went back to Lisbon to go to gay clubs and to saunas and I felt like I was a failure by living a double life and at some point I, I had to say, no, it's not it, this I want to, to my life. Yeah, I, I think you just said you don't want to shame yourself, but I think you made an amazing decision. It's, it probably wasn't easy, especially at that time, to make this decision. And you obviously made the right decision at the end yes, for I yourself guess. and also for, for this girl. So I yes, mean, there are yes. many of us who did get married at the end, you know, so... I think you made a, a great decision uh, yeah. and helped yourself and and your partner at the time. Yeah, we are big friends for more than 30 years. So we continue with a, an amazing friendship. I regret not being honest since the beginning, but I could not be honest to her because I wasn't honest to myself. So. Mm. But from what I hear, I guess she did understand at the end. Yes, yes, for sure. As you can imagine, and people who listen to us, uh, things were not easy between us, among us, because even in our intimacy, it didn't work. So we were just forcing something that yeah, with no that solution. Wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't there. Yes, <laughs> it was. It wasn't you. Yeah, that's. It's. It's hard to fake. Yeah. You know? So you said your parents had a hard time. Like it was a process. Yes. So how is your relationship with your parents? And yeah, w what do you think? What helped them? Yeah. How did How did they come around and uh, accept you and affirm you as their gay son? Okay, uh, I'm only child, so just for that it was complicated because every parent, I guess, expect to be grandparent and to see their children married and with a good life. But first I came out to my mom. She dealt with the situation. It was hard for her mainly because of my grandparents and all her familiar background. And to my father, I just come, came out when I was 31 and I was already married to a guy. So there were, it was an impact in, in the family, but at the end, they got to understand that, okay, you He's Ricardo, he has his values, he's a good son, he's a good person, and we love him no matter who we sleep with. So, mm. or, yeah. Well, the one thing is, it's not only about us sleeping with someone, but yes. <laughs> getting just involved. loving, loving, Love. loving the yes. same, a person of the same sex and yes. spending time with them and yeah. A person of the same sex is very important to us and that's the person we want to spend the time with so can you tell us a little bit about your marriage uh, with to your partner 
okay, I had two main relationships. One with the teacher at uh, at college, but um, it was like a dream, like uh, something I could never imagine because I was living outside Portugal. I was in my last year of college, so I went to study to fr to France to Toulouse. So I met this teacher and we lived together for one year. And it was amazing. It was the dream. But then again, reality. <laughs> and I had to come back to Portugal to finish my studies. And again, I start to shame myself. Like, I cannot be gay. I need to correspond to what family and society and church expects from me. So I broke up with him and I started dating the same girl again. Yeah. Later in my 30s, I had a very abusive relationship. And that was it. <laughs> my, my, my path with relations. Yeah. Mm. So how did this whole journey of yours affect your faith? Where are you with your faith right now? Okay. I need to, to tell a bit a story of, of my life with, <clears throat> within church. Because uh, in my 20s, I felt apart uh, a from... I need to, to break all my bonds with the church because if what I was doing if for being homosexual for loving a man I was a sin a sinner so I I need to to left the church after my break breakout when I had 31 32 I did all the crazy stuff people do when they get divorced like clubbing drinking drugs all the all the crazy stuff you can imagine and i felt uh, a big hole a big I, I felt it was liking something in my life so i turned myself to to church again uh, and it's interesting because this god i got to know in my 30s completely different from the one I knew when I was younger. Uh, but I did this uh, religious experience in a convent. It was really good uh, in one hand because I had this God that is love and um, not a punishing one due to my sexuality, but on the other hand, I had my brothers uh, forcing me to hide who, who I am, to hide my sexuality. And I didn't want to do that because if I made it the resemblance of God, I, I, have, 
I'm empowered to to say I am who I am, and I don't need to to hide myself in behind a habit and an sorry and a habit. So I decided to leave the convent, but then I found out that I was HIV positive for a few years, not due to the the infection, but due to being so mad with church, I spent like nine, 10 years without going to church. Even if I prayed every single day, even if I was sure that God was always with me along the along the way, I wasn't able to go to the church. I and and also because of what we see uh, around the world, the the abuses, uh, the sex abuses of children, all it hurt me a lot, and I thought I cannot be part of this church. Mm, understandable. So one thing I didn't understand, uh, you left the convent when you found out that you uh, have HIV, that you have an infection, HIV infection, or uh, I didn't understand that part. No, sorry, I didn't explain well. No, I decided to leave the convent. Uh, I was about to go to Spain to, to start my studies, to become a priest, but I decided to to quit because I was not being truth to me or to my faith or to my God. Then I discovered a few months later that I had the infection, that I have the infection, but um, my decision of leaving the church and the convent it was because I need to be true, truth to myself and to, to others. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's important for it was important for you to be authentic yes. in who you yeah. are. Yeah. So how was it for you to discover uh, that you have an HIV infection? And you know, I, I think I guess that's that's a process by itself. And also another way what I heard for people of coming out as a person with HIV. Yeah, I used to say and I I write for a, a LGBT newspaper here in Portugal, and I wrote an article like stating that having HIV it's like a second coming out. Coming out. When I found out I was infected, also due to my lack of knowledge, uh, it was the end of the world for me. I thought, okay, I'm going to die. So. It's a really, it's a really complicated process for the most of people who, who live this situation. But then I start treatment and I can tell you that I live for almost 10 years with the infection and I've never been so, so good, so healthy as I am now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of prejudice connected to HIV. Uh, unfortunately, though it is treatable and people can live a very normal life uh, with the medication that helps today. You know, you know I guess that was the, the biggest uh, challenge I faced with HIV. 
the moment I decided to come coming out as a an HIV uh, infected person, I felt like oh, I'm free now. People know who I am. I'm being truth to myself. So yeah, <laughs> I just need to be truth, truth, and loyal to to what I feel and to what I believe in. How is the situation in Portugal, like the whole, how do people behave when they hear that someone is, has an HIV infection? Uh, there's lots of knowledge that there was not like 20 years ago. Uh, in the, the LGBT community, people, they're not afraid because it's there's not a cure, but there's a treatment. But people are really aware of the of what they can do to prevent the disease. I work with the two NGOs here in Portugal uh, for people with HIV, and for what I know, uh, the there's a lots of infections right now, but they occur within the heterosexual community because people still think it's a gay disease it's a gay cancer but yes and still regarding the hiv even if people think it's normal there's no risk of infection etc sometimes people approach you in applications in dating applications and me being true, truth as I'm always are, I I have in my profiles in that I'm HIV positive, but I cannot uh, transmit it because I do the treatment, and lots of people still thinks that they're going to have uh, get infected if they they have sex with me, but. It's it's a long way to to run yet. That's a long way to to run. Yeah. So what I hear, it is better. There is more yes. information, but still there is a lot of prejudice, and yes. people still don't know enough or make use of the knowledge that they can they can get nowadays. Yeah, yes. and it's it's interesting. It's actually with most of sexual transmitted infections. Uh, people think that actually LGBT or especially gay men are more get more infected with STIs than straight people, but it's the other way around because yes. straight, because L gay men especially get much more tested. They take yes. care uh, more often, so they treat uh, they treat it on time, which then doesn't get as spread as between straight people because yeah they're they think they often think they are unharmable yes <laughs> they're undestructible yes yes uh, it's well, unbelievable 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 that 40 years after the the hiv pandemics people still associate hiv to to the lgbt community it's, it's crazy <laughs>
Yes, yes. So dear straight people, if you're watching this, please be careful and also get tested. Yes. If you slept with someone that you don't know, get tested. That's the safest thing that you can do and take care of yourself because yeah, sexual transmitted infections are, uh, are I mean, there are medications for that and uh, you won't transmit them on and you can have a long and healthy life if you treat them on time. Yep. So looking back, you said that there were some decisions that you were not very proud of, but yes. Are there any decisions that you are proud of and what decisions are you really proud of? Uh, in this question, I really want to focus or mostly focus in my faith. I'm really proud in believing in God, in a God that it's love and it's always with me despite my good and bad decisions. I f if I could go back in time, uh, I wouldn't have dated a girl, of course, but I would probably wouldn't have left the church because I am who I am and God loves me. So we can fight prejudice and bias from the inside. It's easier than from the outside. We had the Pope in Portugal this year stating that church is for all 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 so i'm baptized i believe in god i feel great when i go to church when i have communion so i have the same right as the others to be in church and to be part of the church and we have this wonderful god that loves you no matter what so never quit on him because he never quits on us. Yeah. So on our journeys, there are always some things that really support our process, that help us to come to the point where we have a peace of mind, where that helps us to accept ourselves, to, that helps us to reconcile our sexuality with our faith. So what was that something or some things? I mean, there can be many things. Yes. What were the most helpful things for you in your process? I never questioned my faith, uh, Mikhail. I questioned the church, the institution. But yeah, I can say that there was some priests that they have a more open mind that that helped me and that helped me nowadays doing this journey and be with Jesus and trying to be a good person and trying to help others and to do my daily prayers and it doesn't matter if I love a man or a woman or both because it's the, the biggest proof of love that God gave us, it was his son, Jesus. And Jesus was a man like me and like you. So I don't have to be ashamed of who I am because I know I'm a beloved son of God. Sorry, I don't want to be. No. 
No, to, no. To show myself really squared but it's what <laughs> i think you know yes yes and that's that's about being authentic so yeah. i i thank you for sharing this and i'm really glad that you were actually mentioning some priests who were along your journey who were there for you and yes i think that at this point i really want to thank and commend all those priests and nuns and other people from the church for them, it was also not easy to step out of their comfort zone and they did something that was also maybe even dangerous for them if someone yes. finds out that they're supporting LGBT people, but they were some people and there are some people nowadays that are there for LGBT people and want to support them and love them. And it's really complicated for them. I wasn't able to do it a few years ago. But now I'm totally able to put their shoes. They have to be committed to the dogma and to what church says. They cannot state in public their beliefs. But they do it in private. And it's the more important if we think a little bit about it. Because they have... Uh, such an understanding of this love of God that it's amazing and they do all the difference in in my life, in my personal case and in the case of some friends I have, yeah, that never quit, never, uh, how to say this? Yes, we quit church, we left church behind, but with the belief that God is always with us and he doesn't judge us for who we love. So I asked you many questions, but is, no there, is there anything that maybe I didn't ask you and you find really important to share and would like to share with the viewers and listeners? Uh, regarding me, regarding my, my way, my path, uh, whatever you want if you find it important this is the time to to share it okay look for me it's really important to be truth myself and i think everyone should be truth to their beliefs to who they are not hide their sexuality because as i said and i really want to to point this this uh, sentence God loves us no matter what and we should not give up on him because he never gave up on us great words <laughs> for for ending uh, this interview uh, thank you so much Ricardo for reaching out and for offering to share your story I'm really glad you shared your story and I hope that some people out there are going to be encouraged by, by your story, like all the other stories that are available on this podcast. Uh, thank you, dear viewers and listeners, for being with us. Uh, this podcast is made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian Groups. Don't forget to support this podcast. This podcast uh, actually exists uh, because of the support by individuals and by people 
who help me to sustain it with their donations. And yeah, that's it. So see you next time. Until then, bye everyone and bye Ricardo. Thanks Mikhail for letting me share my story.